electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Tech Check is in the field today. We talked to Goldman's head of TMT Banking about the IPO market and the CEO of Dropbox about the outlook for AI spending. It is Wednesday, October 18th. I'm Mark Gilbert, the EP of Tech Check. D is in Napa today with those interviews. Have a listen. I'm here with Kim Posnett. She is Goldman Sachs Global Head of TMT. We're about an hour and a half north of San Francisco. This is Goldman's annual Builders and Innovators Summit. So lots of entrepreneurs here. I think you said about 100. What is the sentiment on the ground so far? It's been a more challenging year compared to years past between higher interest rates, a tougher funding environment. What are you hearing from the entrepreneurs here? Deirdre, thank you for having me. Um, Yes, we're here at our Builders and Innovators Summit uh, in California. This is our 12th year hosting it. It's an annual event to honor and celebrate the most exceptional entrepreneurs in the world. And um, this year, we have an unbelievable lineup of, of people. We have seasoned entrepreneurs, we have business leaders, thought leaders, and we come together for this two-day summit where we talk about um, how to build businesses that impact the world. The major themes this year, as you'd expect, are AI, geopolitics, and um, it's a great way to be at the center of entrepreneurship, innovation, the creator economy. And I, I'm I've been here for 12 of the 12 years we've done this. Mm -hmm. And each year I am struck with the unbelievable talent um, and drive and determination of the entrepreneurs, but also the alumni who come back. And we've created this great community of entrepreneurship and innovation. Right. And like you said, you've been doing it for 12 years. I have to assume that there's some very big differences between 2021, when it felt like every startup was getting funding very, very easily, and this year, when the environment is a lot more muted. What are some of the challenges um, that entrepreneurs are facing? Yeah, so let's let's talk about fundraising that relates to the capital markets. It also relates to M&A. And I'll, I'll start on, on capital markets. You know, we uh, reopened the IPO markets last month with three tech IPOs, which you know, Arm, Instacart, and, and Clavio. And I think what was notable about those three IPOs is that they spanned three different subsectors mm-hmm. in tech, semiconductors, internet, and software. They also span different financial profiles, right. scale, growth, margin. And I think that speaks to the breadth and diversity of companies that can access the capital markets right. um, efficiently. Mm-hmm. Now, um, since Labor Day, uh, the NASDAQ's traded off as low as 7% a few weeks ago. Now the NASDAQ's off 4%. I think that speaks a little bit to the macro environment and we're in and volatility clearly persists right. in the macro environment. Institutional investors are looking at those macro factors right. um, in thinking about how to deploy capital. Well, we're showing right now on our screens um, how those three IPOs have done since their peaks and they're all off by about 20 and 40 percent. That's much worse than how the Nasdaq has performed, at least from their peaks. Um, is the IPO window still open? Do you think that these companies were unique and that they almost had to go out, particularly an Arm or an Instacart? What does it mean for those candidates in the pipeline? No, they, they all chose to go public. They didn't have to go public. I do think that the broader 
capital markets and equity markets relate to the macro factors. Mm -hmm. And if you think about these factors, think about an imminent government shutdown, potentially. Think about war in the Middle East. Think about the risk of higher uh, interest rates for longer. All of those impact investor sentiment and risk appetite. And I think you're seeing that play out in the right. market. So did it basically tell us their performance that maybe the window isn't wide open? Do you expect that we're going to see more pickup early next year or is it going to take longer? Is their performance essentially telling us that conditions aren't great? I, I do think that the IPO markets are open. I think we've seen that companies, the industry leading companies can go public. But I do think that you'll see a broader set of companies look to go public in 2024. And that's when I expect you'll see more capital markets activity, certainly around IPOs. Let's talk a little bit about M&A because I know a lot of the VCs I speak to, you know, if the IPO market isn't available, for some of their companies. M&A is an option. We saw a deal recently, Atlassian, um, acquiring a company for just under a billion dollars. And some say that's kind of as good as you can get. The late stage investors got their money back. Um, What do you think right now between the disconnect between public and private markets? Do you think that had that company gone public, it would have been a better return? So, so on, on M and A, uh, I'll zoom out for a second. You know, global M and A is at two point two trillion dollars. That's down twenty nine percent year over year. That's down thirty two percent relative to a five year historical average. So, we are undoubtedly in a lower volume environment for M and A. But we are seeing increasing green shoots and activity around M and A, specifically in TMT, in areas like small and mid cap M and A private equity sponsor-backed M&A. And so I'm optimistic for the coming quarters and years in terms of an uptick in M&A activity. As it relates to private companies and the decisions they make, it's it's hugely variable and dependent on the company-specific situation. Some companies are looking to go public and are preparing for IPOs in the coming year. Some companies are looking to stay independent and private for longer. And other companies are considering, considering strategic M&A alternative. And I think... Um, the consideration set varies quite dramatically depending on the circumstance right. of the individual company. That's certainly what we're seeing. Uh, Kim, thank you so much. And for your first appearance here on CNBC, we appreciate you being with us. Thank you, Deirdre. I've got the perfect person to ask. Joining me now the Goldman Sachs Builders and Innovators Summit, Drew Houston, CEO of Dropbox. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. That was great to chat with you. Um, so as Tyler mentioned, some of the AI halo, um, at least in public markets, has been starting to fade. You've participated in a bit of that halo as well. Dropbox is actually outperforming the broader cloud ETF. You guys have been releasing AI tools to your paying subscribers this year. What's been the uptake? What are they using them for? Um, To solve new problems. So last week we launched uh, a new product from Dropbox called Dropbox Dash that does AI-powered universal search, and we launched an open beta. Um, And what we're finding is that in the cloud world, Folks, there's people have issues just accessing and finding their their stuff. And Dropbox Dash goes beyond syncing your files to organize all your cloud stuff, so you can search your Google Docs and your email and your Slack and your Salesforce all from one place. Right. Um, so we see a lot of excitement around that. And when Dropbox sort of began, it began more as a consumer-facing company, but over time, you've pulled in more enterprises. Mm-hmm. Have your AI tools allowed you to broaden your reach in the enterprise space? Yeah, because. Uh, that, the enterprise well, companies of all, all sizes are figuring out, okay, how do we make AI useful? How do we deploy it securely, um, preserving privacy and a lot of the basic considerations? And then we find that everyone has a need. The tools like ChatGPT are powerful, but there's a lot of questions that ChatGPT can't answer because right. it's not personalized. It's not connected to your stuff. So um, we see a big opportunity for Dropbox to provide that for enterprises, to make their data useful, to be able to engage with it conversationally. Things like Dropbox Dash enable right. that. 
at the same time, some of the mega caps that are well capitalized and already have this large consumer base of customers like Microsoft, like Amazon, like Google, they're building similar products. Mm -hmm. What's the Dropbox proposition enterprise to use your platform versus a Microsoft? Yeah, that we cover everything. We're platform agnostic. So it's certainly true. There's a lot of different AI functionality being built in all these places, but it's typically siloed. So then you know, you end up with like a lot of different agents and no one's, none of them can really access the bigger picture. And so that's um, what Dropbox has done since right. the beginning. We've helped organize everything across all platforms, across all devices. Um, so agnostic with AI. Yeah, platform agnostic. Um, I know that it's still early days, but what are you seeing so far in terms of IT spend? Mm-hmm. Companies that are using your AI tools, is that on top of IT spend that they're already doing or is it in addition? Because Gartner had some estimates that says that we're actually not going to see overall spend on IT Mm -hmm. grow. It's just going to shift. Yeah, well, I think there's two things going on at the same time. I mean, first, companies are finding ways to do more with less and um, being more efficient with spend in all kinds of ways. And so that's something that's been happening certainly over the last year. Um, And then secondly, companies recognize there's a lot of potential to unlock with AI and it can make their team a lot more productive. Um, And it's a lot more uh, efficient or it's a lot cheaper to give people new superpowers with these apps or with software. Right. Software is a lot cheaper than, than growing your team. So I think um, both things are happening, And but yeah, it'll take a while for AI to really pick up or, or show up in the P&L. All right. Well, we look forward to checking in with you again in a few months. Drew, thanks so much for chatting with us today. Thank you. Are you a software professional looking to make a lasting impact on people and the planet? At General Motors, our vision is a world with zero crashes, zero emissions, and zero congestion. And we need innovative people like you to join us on this journey and challenge the limits of what is possible. From autonomous cars to software-defined vehicles, you'll translate breakthrough technologies like AI into experiences that people love, all while pushing the world forward toward an all-electric future. See how you can shape the future of mobility at careers.gm.com.